This is The Christian Working Woman with Mary Lohman, and I'm Julie Bastide. This month, we've chosen humility as our theme. The Bible has a lot to say about humility, but it seems that humility is not often considered a positive characteristic, especially if you're striving to succeed and move up in this world. Mary, I see you're addressing this today, and you're talking about how we can humble ourselves. Yeah, that's right, Julie. And that's because the Bible admonishes us as Christ followers to humble ourselves. Yet, I don't think there are too many of us who set out each day with the intention of finding ways to humble ourselves. Do you? (laughs) No, I I can't say that it's at the top of my to-do list every day, but you're right. It's in the Bible. Yep. And because it's in the Bible, there's a good reason for it. It will do us good not harm. So I'd like to talk about that today and give some specific ideas of what you can do to humble yourself. Mm, Very good. Let's hear how to humble ourselves. Well, let me start with quoting this admonition from God's Word. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. And another one from Luke 14, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Notice that there are promises given in these two passages for those who are willing to humble themselves. They will be lifted up. They will be exalted. Now, no doubt the average person would not connect being humble with being lifted up and exalted, but this is the upside-down truth for us as followers of Christ. Living for Jesus is often swimming upstream as to what our culture would tell us. Frequently, we are called to live countercultural lives, but it's not a call to a dreadful life or a weird life. It's a call to be lifted, to find true lasting joy, and even to be exalted, as Jesus said. We typically think that God is the one who exalts or humbles us. If we're humbled or if we're exalted, we think it will be God who does it. But Jesus said we must humble ourselves. Have you ever intentionally tried to do that? Is that something on your to-do list? Today, I will humble myself. I think very few Christians ever take this literally and seriously, but there's great benefit for those who do. In addition to being lifted up and exalted, here are some further promises for those who humble themselves. God gives you grace. From James 4, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. God guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. From Psalm 25, he leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. God crowns the humble with salvation. From Psalm 149, the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. And with humility comes wisdom, as we read in Proverbs 11. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. You will be greatest in the kingdom of heaven, as we read in Matthew 18. Whoever humbles himself like this child, Jesus said, is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So for all kinds of good reasons, we should learn how to humble ourselves. But how do we do that? How do we humble ourselves when our natural instincts are to be number one? How do we humble ourselves when we fear that others will take advantage of us if we do that? And what does it mean to humble yourself and how do you do it? Well, first, let's consider what it does not mean to be humble. It does not mean that you walk around with your head hung low, looking pitiful. (laughs) It does not mean that you run yourself down. It does not mean that you cannot be ambitious or successful. 
It does not mean that you can't be the best at what you do. It does not mean that you can never be number one. Furthermore, humility and ambition can coexist very nicely. Look at some people in the Bible who were very ambitious. Abraham was ambitious to go to a land where God was sending him, and God calls him the father of our faith. Noah was ambitious to build an ark, and that took over a 100 years to complete. David was ambitious to defeat Goliath. Esther was ambitious to save her people from extinction. Ruth was ambitious to save her mother-in-law and herself. Jesus was ambitious to do the Father's will. The Apostle Paul was ambitious to spread the gospel throughout the world. You know, without ambitions and goals and visions, we don't do anything, right? We perish, the Bible says. So it's not wrong to be ambitious and want to succeed. Here are three reasons every Christian should have great ambitions. One, we're created by God, and from the beginning, God had a plan for his creation. He told Adam to fill the earth and subdue it. That's definitely ambitious. Jesus told us, his followers, to go into all the world and make disciples. That's an ambition every believer should take seriously. And then number three, Paul wrote to the Ephesians that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, and God has planned good works for each of us. Every Christian should want to succeed in doing these good works. When our ambitions grow out of this foundation, then we have godly ambitions. And those ambitions are good. They are not selfish. They are not all about us. I love this story about the time when the disciples were plotting who would be first in Jesus' kingdom. You remember, it's found in Matthew 20. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to him with her sons, and kneeling before him, she asked him for something. And he said to her, what do you want? And she said to him, say that these two sons of mine are to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left hand, in your kingdom. Jesus answered, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? They said to him, We are able. He said to them, You will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to grant, but it's for those for whom it's been prepared by my father. And when the ten heard it, they were indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus called them to him and said, You know that the ruler of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many." Here's an ambitious mother wanting to make sure her sons get the best seats, and Jesus simply turns their idea of success upside down. It was crazy then, and it still is today. The way up is down. To be great, be a servant. But here's the thing. It works. (laughs) If you want to be exalted in God's kingdom, then humble yourself. Jesus didn't scold his disciples for wanting to be great. He didn't say, you shouldn't want to have the first place. You should be humble and let others be number one. No, he told them that the way to be first was a different pathway. If you want to be the greatest in God's kingdom, you get there by becoming a servant. So, 
how to humble yourself. Years ago, as I read this passage about humbling yourself, I thought, I don't know how to do that. And what does that look like in my everyday life? So I honestly, I just prayed and asked God to show me, what do you mean? How to humble myself? And here are some things he taught me, he keeps on teaching me. First, don't talk about yourself so much. That one really got through to me as I began to realize how often I could turn a conversation somehow to me, to what I'm doing, to what I've done, and so forth. So I began to be aware of this and intentionally ask other people about themselves and really listen when they respond. I've worked on that a lot, and honestly, now it's much more automatic. So this is a habit you can build into your life. Just determine to ask others about themselves, about their lives, and don't rush to talk about yourself. That's humbling. And guess what? It will immediately improve your relationships. Secondly, avoid being defensive. Ah, That's so hard to do, isn't it? When someone is pointing a finger at me in some way or another, my first reaction is to defend myself. Learning to listen, not get defensive, ask a few questions, try to find out what's behind it all, that is humbling, but it is also very smart. Don't correct others unless necessary. When you hear someone saying something you know is not exactly correct, Let it go unless there's a good reason to set it straight. Now, obviously, sometimes you really do need to correct others, but often there are just little things that someone says that you know to be less than accurate, but if correcting them isn't really necessary, well, just don't. I remember someone who was an English teacher, and any time someone used incorrect English, she thought it was her job to correct them right then and there. Well, you can imagine how well that went over. She was right, of course, but she won lots of battles and lost the war, if you know what I mean. She needed to learn to humble herself and just let those things go. Let others go first. We have opportunities almost every day to humble ourselves this way. Something as simple as letting someone in front of you in the grocery store line or letting a driver into your lane when they're trying to move over. In fact, when you're driving a car, you'll discover lots of opportunities to humble yourself, just letting others go first. Easy to do, but sometimes you just have to humble yourself in order to do it. And then be willing to do the thing nobody else wants to do. You know, those cleanup chores, those last-minute errands, those servant kind of things that can almost seem degrading, humble yourself by choosing to do those. I remember a time at my church many years ago when we were having a special luncheon for some people, and somehow, I still don't remember how, they elected me to do all the dirty work, to go get the food, and of course it was raining that day, and to bring it in and to get it set up and to prepare everything. It was my job, and I remember just being so annoyed that I had to do everything. I didn't do it with a humble attitude. I didn't do it like a servant. I did not humble myself, and I remember it to this day, and that has been probably 20 years ago. 
Jesus wants us to use those times and those opportunities to just humble ourselves, to learn that we don't always have to be right. We don't always have to have the last word. We can let somebody else go ahead of us, succeed, and humble ourselves, even if maybe they aren't as deserving. You know, it takes intentionality to humble yourself. You really do have to set out each day and pray that God will show you how to humble yourself because naturally, it's not something you're going to want to do. It is not at the top of anybody's to-do list, I don't think. But I would encourage you to pray about it because it will improve your life, it'll improve your relationships, and you'll be more like Jesus. Jesus said of the Pharisees, they love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They did not understand this principle of humbling yourself. They wanted to be first. So as you start each day, each week, I just would encourage you to make it a habit to ask God to show you how to humble yourself. He'll show you things differently than he showed me, no doubt, but he'll make it clear to you. The Holy Spirit will just bring things to your mind as you go through the day. If you and I will become intentional about exploring new ways to do this, the benefits are many, as we've seen already. He said we'll be exalted and we'll be lifted up. But most importantly, we'll be more like Jesus and you'll bless many others when you choose to humble yourselves and Jesus will be pleased. That's the most important thing, isn't it? Thanks, Mary, for your reminders on how to be humble. Well, do you recognize that you are sent? Do you know what it might look like to have God work his mission through you? Dr. Carol Loretta Tucker answers these questions and more in our next monthly Zoom get-together, which is November 17th. That's a Saturday morning. We would love to have you join us. All you need to do is register on our website for this free Zoom get-together. Our website is ChristianWorkingWoman.com. While you're there, you might find other resources that are helpful to you. Do you want some accountability to memorize scripture? Or perhaps you're looking for a daily devotional or some other workplace tips. We offer all of this and so much more. Please visit our website, christianworkingwoman.org. Thanks for being with us today. I'm Julie Bustide, and we look forward to being with you next week, same time, same place, for The Christian Working Woman with Mary Lohman. Mary Lohman.